Hello, Keith. This is John. John Vink. We do a show together. Look, we have a show coming up this Thursday. I know. I know. Look, I'm sorry. I, I didn't know she was your sister. Statenfield is a very common name. Okay, okay. What's it going to take? Ten times? How about three times? Okay, six times. Do you have the bucket and the soap? Okay. Call me when you get this message. I'm John, and tonight I want answers about LGBTQ, vaccines, and the power loss in Texas. John wants answers. Check your calendar. If it says March 11th, 2021, then we're live. And my guest tonight is Keith Statenfield. Hi, America and the rest of the world. You look like you're traveling through space tonight. Ah, uh, yes. Oh, did you use supernova? What was that? I, I think that was a celestial cloud of some sort. We have great news, Keith. The show is catching on. People cannot get enough of this show. I beg to differ. Like I, I've talked to many of my friends and they in fact, they've suggested an intervention. Really? They're like, does John know what everyone thinks about his show? They tell me it's great. I know they tell you that. That's what they tell me too. They're like, whenever we talk to him, we have to tell him it's great. Otherwise he gets this sad look on his face. Everyone tells me it's great. That's all I know. Sure, yeah. Are there more affiliates? More affiliates. Am I going to get paid anything more for these more affiliates? No, you get paid a flat amount. Okay. You're are they also all in Massachusetts? They are. So we have the Tewksbury Telemedia in Tewksbury, Massachusetts. Oh. Then we have the SCATV organization in Somerville, Massachusetts. I don't know what it is with Massachusetts because it seems like every new station we add is from Massachusetts. It's eerie. What, what's wrong with people in Massachusetts? They just like hearing about current events from two dorky engineers in California. We know we've got the corner of the market on that. Okay, we have some old business. Part five of our five-part series. Let's hope it's five parts. Who is president? Joe Biden is still president. Since January 20th. Since January 20th. Uh, we heard rumors, the reports coming in, that on March 4th, the real inauguration is going to happen. Uh, but instead, nothing happened. Nothing. And Joe Biden is still president. Still president. Do you As think the QAnon folks are starting to lose faith in the credibility of their leaders? It's, it's a little unclear who their leaders actually are. It's a guy named Q, is what I'm told. Sure. But he hasn't posted since November, so yeah. Where are all these crazy ideas coming from then? Oh, there's Q adjacent people like R and T. Uh, no, like uh, Roger Stone and uh, General Flynn and other people. It's going to be Joe Biden for at least four years. Now there's no new dates on the horizon for when the uprising will happen. 
Is that right? Like the last date we heard was March fourth, and that I am it. unaware of any future dates at which anything in particular will happen. Good. I'm gonna sleep well tonight. Okay. I will try to join you. I have someone else for that. Okay. Yeah. Next yeah. You topic. do. LGBTQ. LGBTQ. Now the House of Representatives. Um, a couple weeks ago, passed the Equality Act. Now, the act would amend the existing civil rights laws to explicitly include sexual orientation and gender identification as protected characteristics. You and I are big fans of the Equality Act. We and, are. Yes. Yeah. I... So it passed the House, but usually that's, that's the easy part. Because well, Not always. I mean, currently, that's the easy part. Because then the Senate comes up. And do they need 60 votes to pass anything? Um, they don't need 60 votes to pass anything. Uh, you pass things out of the Senate with a majority. But depending on whether a filibuster happens, you might need 60 votes to even begin discussing whether to pass anything. Do most things get filibustered or is it not? Very um, most things don't get filibustered. Oh. Almost definitionally, if it gets filibustered, it doesn't get passed. Right. So most things that pass don't get filibustered. Um, okay. But yes, many things have been essentially not brought up because of the filibuster. Uh, McConnell, when he was leader uh, in the Senate, also just arranged for things not to pass by never bringing them up for a vote at all. So it's only if the majority leader wants something passed that he would bring it up and then the opposing party could stop it with a filibuster. Yes, or any senator could, in theory, stop something with a filibuster. This is great for the LGBTQ community, but yes. I've heard that already women do not get the same rights as LGBTQs because the Equal Rights Amendment, which would have given these protections to women, um, from 1923 still hasn't passed, still hasn't been ratified. That's correct. I mean, the HR1, HR1 uh, is the voting thing, not this. Um, uh, I mean, this is adding gender identity and sexual orientation to the existing uh, Equal Opportunity Act that was passed as part of the civil rights in the 60s. Mm -hmm. That has somewhat broad protection for, uh, you know, prohibiting discrimination and different treatment based on race, uh, creed, national origin, and sex. And so in some sense, this is extending to, uh, you know, to gay uh, individuals, transgendered people, people who sexual orientation doesn't comport with the majority, extending those same protections to these classes of people. So I don't think it's giving more rights to uh, gay, lesbian, bisexual people than it's giving to women, um, except possibly at the edges and there are plenty of ways that our systems treat uh, men and women differently, even though the laws say that they shouldn't be treated differently. 
So there is clearly work to do. Uh, the ERA is a constitutional amendment. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Civil Rights Act was passed by Congress. It's a law. It can be changed by Congress uh, at any time, mm -hmm. uh, assuming they pass a bill out of both houses and the president signs it or doesn't veto it. Uh, the ERA, if it uh, passed, uh, if enough states ratified it, which at present sounds like it's never going to happen, right, um, uh, would be an amendment to the Constitution. So Congress wouldn't be allowed to rescind it because it's in the Constitution. Unless they did another constitutional amendment. Unless they did another amendment, yeah. but Congress generally can't amend the Constitution. They need the states as well. Right. So protected classes is something that my manager at work and I talked about quite a bit. Yeah. Because um, you can't make fun of a protected class. So if we wanted to mock somebody, we first have the discussion whether or not what we're mocking is a protected characteristic. Yeah. So for example, if we thought somebody was crazy, well, that's a mental illness. Um, and that could be like a disability. So we couldn't make fun of them being crazy, but we could make fun of them for being an idiot. Does that sound right? I'm always astounded uh, by what, what happens at, at your workplace compared to my workplace. We, we have a lot of discussions about like how code should work mm -hmm. and what groups should do things and now to be clear, we should... I've had this manager when I was at your company and we both went from your company to what's currently our company. Yeah. So, yeah. So you can't say it didn't happen in your company because it, it did happen at your company. Well, I'm, I'm not going to say plausibly there's a reason here, but it is rare at work that I have the discussion are we allowed to make fun of this person based <laughs> on the current interpretation of the employment law and the Civil Rights Act of 1964? Okay. See, see, we're trying to do our best. We are talking about the law, whereas you just make fun of people without talking about the law, is what you're telling me. Or, or we try not to make fun of people, or... <laughs> okay. Perhaps we're not as enlightened. Uh, as at your company. LGBTQ. Yes. That stands for lesbian. Yes. Gay. Yes. Bisexual. Yes. Transgender and queer. Now here's what, here's my feelings on this. Okay, so go lesbian, ahead. Lesbian is a gay woman, right? Okay. But we've already covered gay woman with the G, which is gay. Okay, they wanted their own letter. How come they get their own letter? Is there a word for a gay man? Yeah, gay. Well, no, gay is a is a gender neutral word. I, I think that's where you're wrong. I think that's where you're wrong. See, okay. I think uh, the the genderless is homosexual. No, I don't I don't think so. I well, I, I think you disagree. To, to mail in. I mean, let's go further. It's not just LGBTQ. There's LGBTQIAAP. If you want to be very, very, very inclusive, there's LGBTQ plus, which apparently handles all those other cases. 
Well, um, so the T is transgender. Now the Q is queer. Queer. Which back in my day was not a nice thing you would call somebody. Well, I think back in your day, gay was also not a nice thing you would call somebody. Yeah. But is Q yeah. the is queer the same as gay? Um does it also mean homosexual? I think long ago queer was much more tied to male homosexuality as opposed to something else. But in the fullness of time, people have realized there are a lot of sexual expressions. And there are people who did not think they fit cleanly into any of the other letters. And so they started to adopt queer. Queer is also a little more just inclusive. Gay people can say they're queer. Lesbians can say they're queer. Uh, and so queer has kind of become a flag under which uh, a lot of people identify. Okay. Uh, there are, you know, people who ostentatiously uh, are cisgendered and straight who nonetheless identify as queer because they think their sexual desires lie outside the mainstream. Some people are interested in one of the B or the D or the S or the M. <laughs> Many of them call themselves queer. Okay, uh, so queer is much wider of a term than just gay. Or yeah. it's even different than gay. Okay. Different. I'm suggesting that we just need, after this conversation, GBTQ. Okay, like write up a memo, see okay. if you can get any traction. Who do I send the memo to? Uh, the great thing is it doesn't matter who you send it to, you're not gonna get any traction. So just write up the memo, uh -huh. uh, put it in your file cabinet, All uh, right. and get used to saying LGBTQ, possibly LGBTQQIAAP. Here's what I'm gonna do. Okay. I'm not gonna the, rock world, the world waits anxiously. I'm gonna say LGBTQ. Okay. Because our society has deemed that's what's sure. Yes. You know, go with the flow. Um, but I'm not gonna see all the other letters. That seems like a lot of takes a lot of time. Uh, there are a lot of letters. There's even yeah. some overlap between all those other letters. That's what so. I'm saying. I think there's a lot of overlap with these letters. Okay. I mean that whole second A is very controversial. One of them is uh like friend, like ally, right? Ally, that's, that, that's the second A. It's very controversial. Why is it controversial? Because it's unclear whether allies should identify as part of the LGBTQIAAP yeah. community or if they are outside the community and allies. Like you can't be an ally of a community you're in. Right, right. I see what you're saying. I am not LGBTQ but I support their rights. Sure. So I'm an, I'm an ally. You're a, you could be a little Q. A little Q? What's a little like Q? Just a tiny bit Q, like a uh, Q? like Q curious. <laughs> well, thankfully Q is a broad term, so. Yeah, yeah. All right. And I've, I've seen the shirts you wear. You're, you're at least a little Q curious. Oh, I've got Qer shirts than this. You I know, them. I've seen them. You've seen them. But our next topic is sure. vaccines. There's a new, a third vaccine from Johnson & Johnson. This 
just like the other vaccines from Modera, Pfizer and Moderna. Pfizer and Moderna. And this one just like those? No. How is it different? Uh, the first two are mRNA based, which mm -hmm. has to do with how they construct it. It's built out of messenger RNA. Uh, the Johnson Johnson one is a more conventional vaccine where they have engineered it, uh, where they have created something that spits out the proteins for the that form what your body notices and builds antibodies against. And there are larger bits of protein that happen to roughly match the same protein spike that we think we, that almost all current COVID viruses contain. Is the Johnson Johnson efficacy similar to the, the other ones? In their initial tests, no, but it's not exactly the same comparison. So we don't know. Um, Johnson & Johnson vaccine was tested about four or five months later than the Pfizer and Moderna ones. So there were more variants of COVID in the world. It was tested in different places in the world. So there may be a little bit of difference in the particular populations they tested it in. Um, and I mean, there are multiple ways to measure how effective something is. And they picked one particular way, which is, you know, give the vaccine and start counting people who get COVID some number of weeks after they've gotten the vaccine and decide how bad their symptoms are and say, this person got COVID, this person didn't get COVID. Mm. Um, Johnson & Johnson, like the other two uh, vaccines, uh, essentially no one who has gotten a vaccination and had enough time for that vaccine to build up antibodies in their system uh, has died from COVID and the number of people who become sick enough that they have to get uh, intensive care or enter the hospital are both dramatically reduced. Hmm. So in that sense, all three vaccines are quite effective. Can and I if the entire world was vaccinated today, COVID may or may not still exist in the world because some people, you know, if for a vaccine that's 90 odd percent effective, you're still gonna get tens of millions of people that get COVID. But if COVID is a bad version of the flu that you don't go to work for a week or two and you recover at home and you feel like death for a couple of days, but you get better and you don't really have any symptoms three or four months later, that's, that's a pretty good success. And we would be very happy with that. Mm. Can I choose which vaccine I get? I probably depends on where you are uh, at present. I think they tend to tell you you're eligible and then you sign up at a vaccination location and they have one kind of vaccine there. Uh, I don't know how much Johnson Johnson stuff has happened in California. Most people around here are getting Moderna or Pfizer. Uh, I would get any of the three of them.
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Day you tell me I can. Well, there's breaking news. Just today, um, President Biden said all adults should be eligible by May 1st. Yes, which means all adults should be able to get an appointment to get a vaccine by May 1st. But in practice, it's probably going to be mid to late June before quite all adults actually get a vaccination. I heard we're all getting it by the end of May. Is something else I heard. If you all get put on the list on May 1st, and if they are shipping enough of them out, and if they're doing 2 million vaccinations a day, which is roughly what they're doing now, Mm -hmm. there are 330 million people in America. Is that 2 million nationwide? We're doing about 2 million nationwide. Right now, I think a quarter of the country has gotten vaccinated, at least one shot. And at 2 million a day, we would 170 days and we would do the entire country. We've done a quarter of the country, so that's 130 days. If everyone started getting shots May 1st, we would not all be vaccinated by the end of May. But we do have March and April, and hopefully by July 1st, they think most people will have gotten enough vaccinations to have developed immunity. Do you want to have those July 4th parties coming up? So this is all talk about adults. Does that mean uh, we're just throwing the kids to the wolves and the kids don't get vaccinated? Uh, I don't know if we're throwing them to the wolves. I don't, I mean, they, it takes longer to test a vaccine on children. I don't know if either Pfizer or Moderna has been approved. Oh, so they can't people even get it. under age 16 yet. Okay. Initially, Pfizer and Moderna were for people 18 and over. And then a couple of weeks ago, they lowered that to 16 and over. Now, if I'm vaccinated and I've been vaccinated for like two or three weeks, so I've, I've generated the antibodies, does that mean I can't catch or spread the disease? I think they are still investigating that. Pfizer a couple of days ago said that they don't think that there is even asymptomatic COVID for people that have gotten two injections of the Pfizer vaccination and let two or three weeks pass after that. And if that's correct, it is likely that that means that you just, you don't get, you don't get COVID, you don't transmit COVID. And then we're living the dream. Yeah, baby. For our next topic, power in Texas. Why did people in Texas lose their power? I mean, Texas is generally a pretty temperate state. Mm-hmm. Um, but on occasion, uh, they get cold snaps. And they had a storm, which truthfully, most of the country was pretty cold for about four or five days. Right. Um, uh, Texas and uh, the southeast uh, suffered more than a lot of the rest of the country. Um, a lot of homes in Texas, you know, are not that well insulated. They are much more likely to have heat waves and cold waves. Right. Mm-hmm. And the same is true for many of their power plants. They have a natural gas supply. Natural gas only flows between certain temperatures. And the colder it gets, the slower natural gas moves through pipelines. Mm-hmm. So as it got very cold, the speed that they could send natural gas around the state dropped. And at some point they couldn't get natural gas to move into power plants to 
burn it to produce power. Uh, in northern states, they tend to run heating coils along their natural gas lines to keep them warm because they know it gets cold. Texas generally hasn't needed to do that. Even in places where Texas did that, they, in some places, lost enough power that they couldn't keep the equipment that needs to be kept warm mm -hmm. while they're generating power going. So they kind of had a cascade of failures of things. Um, many of they have, Texas has a substantial wind. I mean, 10 or 15% of their power comes from wind, but if it gets cold enough, you get ice on the blades of windmills and you have to go blow the ice off every once in a while and they don't have equipment to do that and they don't run heating lines along the windmills. So it is what it is. I mean, they, lots of things failed and once you lose power, it takes a while to bring systems back online because you have to carefully balance how much power your plants are putting out with how much is being consumed. So a lot of the equipment they have isn't winterized because they have windmills, you know, in very cold parts of the world. They, they do. Windmills can work. Why did some people's power bills go over $15,000? Texas also uh, many years ago decided to significantly deregulate uh, their electrical grid uh, in, in a belief that capitalism was more likely to lead to lower overall rates. Mm -hmm. uh, and so, I mean, there's always a wholesale cost for power and a residential cost. Mm -hmm. uh, and generally your state utility commission regulates the wholesale cost and then power companies add some stuff onto that. That becomes a residential cost. There were companies that essentially told end consumers, we will just sell you power at one cent over the wholesale cost, whatever it is. Uh, when generators started falling offline and the amount of power available to be put into the system dropped, supply mm -hmm. and demand says when the supply of, when the demand for something stays high, and the supply drops, you expect the price to rise right. until a new equilibrium is found. Uh, they lost enough power that the supply dropped and the price rose to the maximum allowed, which I think is $9,000 a kilowatt, <laughs> just a lot. set in statute. And so if you have an electric bill, which is you're going to pay one cent over the wholesale cost. And if it's $9,000 a mega or kilowatt, mm -hmm. you use one kilowatt of power, you are going to pay $9,000 plus one cent. Percent. Yeah. Well, that seems like a lot. Do like people in Texas know what their current kilowatt price is? It seems to change very drastically. Um, in practice it doesn't matter much because there are generally a lot of people producing power mm -hmm. and so the price per kilowatt goes up and down a little bit it's much more likely to go up in the summer when it is very hot and a lot of people are running their air conditioners right because 
you know, a lot of plants are running at 100% efficient, you know, 100% of capacity. And so they bring on lesser use plants and those plants want to charge more money. And so the average price per kilowatt goes up and people pay more. You often tend to pay more for power late afternoon and evening because people go home, turn on a bunch of stuff and do things. But in this case, it, it just rose to the maximum and it stayed there for 24 hours. Didn't something similar happen in Texas? Didn't have a big power failure like 10 years ago? Texas had another cold snap, I think, 10 years ago. Um, uh, they had many fewer people that were paying uh, wholesale prices. So uh, from an economic point of view for consumers, it wasn't quite as bad, but there were people that didn't have power for four or five days. They had uh, people died 10 years ago because they froze to death or whatever else happened. All right, that's all the time we have this episode, Keith. Okay, okay. bye-bye. Your hands off screen, you gotta move it back. Oh, what are you?